Welcome to the South Fellowship Church Podcast. Here at South Fellowship, we exist to help people live in the way of Jesus with the heart of Jesus. Wherever you're listening from today, we hope you're encouraged by this week's message. Welcome, friends. Merry Christmas, uh, if it's appropriate to say that. Yeah, my name's Alex. I'm one of the pastors here. If you're visiting, we're so glad you're here today. Uh, if you are with us regularly, you know that we're coming to the end of, of what we call our Advent season, this journey that we've taken that Aaron unpacked for us. It's a, it's a slow movement from darkness to light that culminates in the words of that uh, just wonderful child there. Then they had a party and it was the best night ever. There's this moment that we arrive on uh, at Christmas where we say Advent begins in the dark, but today we step into the light. We step into the light of Christmas. We step into the light of Jesus' birth. That is both grand and high and different. For a moment, for 33 years, God steps into the universe in a particular way and it begins with this moment. Just think about that for a second if you've never really paused to think about it. The stable holds a baby that once held the world that stable is in. Stable holds a baby that once held the world that that stable was in. The God of the universe steps into his own story. So this is a grand story. And, and yet at the same time, it's kind of a simple story. It's simple because it centers around things that are common and touchable, tangible. It centers around a birth of an infant. It's both high and it's both close. It's big and, and it's small. And there's both elements to that. As we've journeyed through Advent, I wanted to make sure that this morning we closed off this Advent circle in an appropriate way. And that meant that, the, that we had to do a fourth service, uh, sorry, a fourth Advent service this morning to, cl- to, uh, to light this fourth candle here. I had not thought about the mental punishment that that would put me through personally and put some of the team through, because it meant having two sermons on the same day. So I had this moment where I was out contemplating, I like to take a walk in the morning, and I had this moment where I came under this deep realization that I couldn't remember which parts of which sermon went where. Uh, And so if I just start, if you were here this morning, I start repeating this morning, feel free to come and grab me and lead me quietly off stage. I've clearly pushed myself too far. And and I think some people picked up on that because just before I started preaching uh, this morning, my, my beautiful son Jude, who sat right over there, he came up to the edge of the stage, uh, and as I was about to begin preaching, he said, Dad, you're gonna do a great job. (laughs) And I said, that's so good to hear, because I was having serious doubts about it personally. It's good to have someone believe in you, and so if any of you wanna come and say that in the service, feel free to to just wander up the front and say, hey, you're gonna do a great job. this, This Advent season walks its way, meanders its way towards this point of Christmas. Out of those two themes, the big and the small, the high and the low, I wonder if we as a group of people haven't started to lean towards the simplicity of Christmas, the smallness of Christmas. Perhaps we've come to a place where we might say the the highness of it, the grandeur of it, it at times feels out of reach. 
And so when we come to surfaces, services like this, we come maybe looking for the small, the minute. In this room with a few hundred people, the probability is we all came for all sorts of reasons. Some of you came for family guilt. Family guilt crowd, hands up. No, don't put your hands up. It <laughs> doesn't go down well. <laughs> Some of you came because a friend asked you, uh, a loved one asked you. Some of you came uh, because you love to go through these rhythms at Christmas and perhaps are looking for a rhythm for life. But some of you might say, I, I kind of came to get back to the simplicity of it. Perhaps even I came for the nostalgia of it, to get back to that childlike feeling around Christmas, and I wanted to pause for just a second. I think that's fine, but I wonder whether we're missing something by missing some of the other elements of Christmas too. And I wonder if, if Christmas really is simple at all, or whether we can even hold on for long to that absolutely simple view of it. I remember this moment where I watched some simplicity just seem to disappear for just a moment for a couple of kids in England just some time ago. I was filming for Christmas. We were filming a, a thing where we had to have someone appear as Santa Claus for just a moment in a public space. Let me clarify, this person was not Santa Claus. Uh, this person was dressed as masquerading as Santa Claus, which nobody should do. And, and we hadn't really taken into account just a couple of the things that might happen. Uh, one was that there might be people that wanted to meet this Santa Claus we'd placed in the middle of nowhere. Not children that, that, that would look at this Santa Claus and say, do you know what, this probably isn't the real deal. This is probably someone who works for him that might be dressed up as Santa Claus or someone acting a part, but, but young kids that might not recognize the difference. And so my friend Jim filming as Santa Claus was stuck in the middle of this, this field and I watched as two kids caught him, saw him from a distance and hunted him down, followed him, pursued him. I watched their excitement build as, as they chased him across this open field with parents running after them. I watched as they yelled in a way that would have made Buddy the Elf proud, Santa! And then I watched as they got close. And, and my friend Jim did something that no trained Santa would ever have done. They got close enough and in that moment he just panicked. I think he wanted to make sure the parents were in on what was going on or something. But with an embarrassed look on his face, he pulled down his beard and said, I'm not Santa. And I watched as these kids in that moment of joy were brought down to this moment of that's not the real guy after all. I asked him afterwards, what was he thinking? Did he think the parents didn't know like they needed this information that they thought like the real Santa Claus was wandering around an English park at four o'clock in the afternoon? But he seemed to feel it was important. And then I watched as these parents recovered the joy for, for their kids, recovered them with fast food uh, and candy. Uh, and, and they had to do that because this Santa had come ill-equipped with a bag that looked lifelike, but simply contained cardboard boxes. It was this moment where I watched simplicity challenged. And I thought that's so different from the real Christmas story. And then I actually started to wonder if it is different from the real Christmas story. Because I think there is part of the story that is simple and part of it that's more complex. The simple story recognizes the, the, what Ricky Bobby in Talladega Nights calls the eight pound, six ounce baby Jesus. It's the, the version that some of us like the best. 
but I wonder if simplicity, I wonder if it really actually defines Christmas. So for a second, just bear with me as I read some of this Christmas story from Matthew chapter one. If you love the scripture and you wanna read it for yourself, you can turn to it. If you're unfamiliar with it, that's okay. Matthew is one of the biographies of Jesus' life. And so this is Matthew chapter one, verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, he found, was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins." All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. That God with us moment is the moment I was talking about earlier, that moment where the story comes together. It's somewhat simple. It's this moment of resolution, this moment where everybody breathes a sigh and says, yes, here we are. And some of that moment, I grant you, has some simplicity to it. There's this moment here where it says, no, it's done, and he will save his people from their sins. But the journey there, well, that's complex, right? Start simple, okay, but it gets complex pretty quick. The story starts, as we're told in Matthew, with a classic boy meets girl moment. There's Mary and there's Joseph. And there's this moment where we're told they're due to be married, or in actual fact, in Jewish culture, are already married. In Jewish culture, they wouldn't yet share a home, but they would be preparing to share a home, and that was to be taken as seriously as if the marriage was already sealed. It's a love story, okay, maybe not exactly like a 21st century love story, which could be described as this, a boy meets girl, they fall in love, he buys a ring, she buys a dress, they say, I do but it's still two people that are due to come together. And that, I grant you, could be classed as simplicity, this moment of joy, this moment that we could easily celebrate in something like Christmas. Similar to moments that you might celebrate this year. Maybe you celebrated a wedding or a planning one, and you plan to never celebrate another, just one time for you. Maybe you passed a driving test. Maybe you graduated high school. Maybe you got a bachelor's degree. Maybe you got a first job. Maybe you got a promotion. Moments that seem to kind of grab everything. They come the moment, the thing that is happening. And so maybe for you this year is something you would describe as pure joy. And that's great. But Joseph's story won't stay there. For a moment we're left hanging, yes, they are married, and this is gonna be them joined together, this is the good life. And then what happens in the story next? It hits not simplicity, but complexity. There's this moment where simplicity, the good life is challenged, and it's kind of up for grabs as to what will happen with the story next. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant. That's a difficult story for people to navigate in the 21st century, but in the first century, this is is a disaster. 
A woman pregnant outside of marriage shall be shunned by society for the rest of her days. The husband will be a laughing stock. It's, it's a broken story. It's a crack in the lens of simplicity that says life is good and life is easy and life is simple. This too is a story that you might know because perhaps this year your story was gold and good and great. Perhaps this year your story had some challenges. Perhaps some of them are just the growing pains of life, right? That the you get married and then you have to learn to be married and you realize those are different things. You did not know before you got married that the, the guy leaves the drawers open all the time or cannot do anything for himself or vice versa in some cases. Or you pass your driving test and you have to learn to drive. You have a child and then you learn that being a parent is a very different thing. I still remember the terrifying moment where my first Elena was born and we took her home from the hospital and she was this tiny little thing in this car seat and we got her back to the driveway that we shared with multiple other cars and I took her out and I put her behind me and the car next to us began to reverse exactly where I'd placed her and I had this moment where I said, I am completely ill-equipped for this responsibility that God has given me. Who would trust me with a child, there's all these ways you find life is not as easy perhaps as you think it is. And then, and then perhaps it's, for you this year, more serious than that. Perhaps it's grief, perhaps it's sorrow, perhaps it's loss, perhaps it's pain, sickness, all of those different elements to the story. Perhaps there's moments that like Joseph, you would say it feels like kind of the, 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 the lens of simplicity started to crack for me and I'm starting to ask questions about everything and I'm not sure what to do with my doubt and struggle. One of the things I've noticed about Christmas is this, it's what's called a force multiplier. If your year has been great, Christmas comes along and it makes it even better. And if your year has been hard and it's a struggle, well, Christmas can come along and it can add more and more pressure and potentially make it worse. The constant expectations of everything, the weight of all of the responsibilities, the to-do list of things that must be done. I said to my wife with a hopeful voice just yesterday, how, how, what percentage of presents would you say are wrapped? Knowing that I would have to come home and wrap some after a long Christmas Eve, and she looked at me and she said, oh, zero percent of presents are wrapped right now. We've both just been so busy with so many things. It's the, again, it's the pressure that can build. There's this moment, this movement, I would suggest. It, it moves from simplicity, everything is easy, everything is good, to complexity. And that's where Joseph is. That's where his story goes. He's due to be married and now his wife is pregnant. And he's left with, what do I do with this story? He comes up with a strategy, which seems the least worst of all situations, are quietly divorce, are quietly bring this to a reasonable ending, which is the best I can do. And then the story switches again. The story moves again. Now we're told that this pregnancy is not just a normal pregnancy, but this is pregnancy through this character, the Holy Spirit, that God is somewhere at work in the story. And perhaps you have had some of those moments too, and if you haven't, I hope at some point you do those moments where suddenly the story may not have changed yet, but there's maybe new information, there's a suspicion that, that something might be about to happen. 
It's this moment of questioning, but potentially in a good way, there's a light suddenly. The light may turn out to be the oncoming train, but at least for a moment there's light. Something seems to be taking shape. It's a movement from complexity to perplexity. Have you ever had one of those moments where it seems like suddenly the world is operating by different rules? You're not yet sure whether those are good rules or bad rules, but, but potentially in that, God is at work. That's where Joseph is. Joseph is invited into God's story in the world. And for years I've read this story and wondered about the character of this man. How does he feel? What are his emotions in this moment where he goes from joy to, to perhaps anger, sadness, all of those different things, and then, and then there's this moment he's told, no, God is at work. Does he have a choice in this? Is he invited in with no choice? Is he invited in with full choice about what he's doing? Seems like he has a choice to walk away, and yet something tells him to stay. Something tells him that there's something happening here that is special, that is different. Entering into this story won't change his circumstances. In actual fact, the journey is only going to get more difficult because now he'll say yes to what God is doing. But think about what happens for this character Joseph and this character Mary over the next few years as they watch Jesus grow. There's those moments before the birth. Those moments where, yes, he's told, wonderful, God is involved in this story. It's light, it's high, it's good. But then he still has to hear the gossiping neighbors, the people talking behind his back. There's a family that seem to be supportive, that enter into the story with them. It's high, it's good, it's better. But there's still moments where the fear of what might take place is challenging, is difficult, moves back to dark. There's moments where Jesus begins his teaching ministry and he becomes celebrated, and then there'll be moments where he's arrested, crucified, and dies. There'll be moments of resurrection. There'll be moments of goodbyes and moments of expecting waiting. Everything about this story is difficult and challenging and also brilliant and wonderful. It's not a simple story by any means. It's deeply complex and I'm so glad it's deeply complex because I would suggest you and I, with everything we'll experience this Christmas and beyond, do not need a simple story where everything works out easy and good all the time because I would suggest that your life probably hasn't looked like that and definitely won't look like that. And we're rarely offered in this world something that deals with those moments where the lens of simplicity is cracked and we wrestle with what's next. Just this week, as I was kind of meandering in thought and preparing for the sermon, I, I went to navigate the world that is Costco at Christmas. You've been there. <laughs> complexity in and of itself, enough to make you believe that this world is broken and falling apart. And as I stood in the membership line, because somebody, no names mentioned, had taken my Costco card, and I was waiting to get a replacement, I, I stood and, and I heard a man comfort his wife. I heard her start to him to start to navigate with her, that everything was going to be okay. Everything was going to be okay everything was going to be okay. 
And I listened intrigued to this conversation that they were clearly comfortable having in public. And then he said something that made me wonder. He said, everything's going to be okay. You've still got lots of money. And I thought, huh. So I turned around and said, money isn't everything you know. No, I didn't do that. That would be the worst thing you could imagine. But I wonder if he's right. And then I continued my journey around and I got to the place where they recently at Park Meadows put in the massage chairs. Perhaps you've been there. And I said, I've earned a treat here. And the lady told me, you need one of these. This will change your life. And so I sat in one of these massage chairs and I floated off to heaven for 10 <laughs> minutes. 10 minutes of peace and quiet and rest and bliss. But then I got out of the chair and everything I was wrestling with returned. I would suggest that this world is very good at offering some kind of band-aids for the crack in the lens of simplicity. Some things that tell you it's going to be all right and yet they aren't the real thing. This Christmas story is far from simple and we need it to be far from simple. We need it to be more than that. We need it to be real. So when, when, when God invites Joseph into the story, what is happening if it's not just a return to simplicity? What happens here? And I would suggest what we read here is this beautiful moment where the God of the universe steps onto the stage of his own story. And he says to those watching, you and I, come participate in this story with me. He says to Joseph, come be involved in what I'm doing. You're not called to be separate from me, you're not called to the sidelines, you're called to be involved, you're called to be with me. And that isn't simplicity, that's something else. It's another word, a fourth word, if you can handle that late on Christmas Eve. That, that's harmony. Harmony is what happens when two people find themselves in sync and the invitation to Joseph is sync up with my story, journey with me, be involved in what I'm doing and that same invite to Joseph is the same invite that God makes to people like you and I. He says, come and participate in my story. Don't stay estranged from me anymore. I've worked it out so you can participate, you can be with me. Simplicity is fine, it's great at certain points in your life, but the problem with simplicity is this, simplicity only works when the circumstances are good. Simplicity is dependent on circumstance, but harmony, journeying with God, is dependent on relationship. This doesn't mean for Joseph, as we've looked at, doesn't mean everything's easy now. The story actually gets more and more complex. Doesn't mean for you that everything easy is easy now. The story might get more and more complex. But it does mean that the God of the universe says, allow me to journey with you. To be with you during the light and during the dark. Allow me to shape your life and use you in my world. The Christmas message is this first indication that you and I were invited into that relationship and all of this is made possible simply because of who Jesus is and the things that he will do. The story is simple, but it's profound, complex, deep, wonderful, grand, small, all of those things, but all centers around a Jesus who said he will save his people from their sins and offer relationship with him. At Christmas, still the reflection 
is not just a baby, but a savior. John 3.16 says this, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That's still the story now. It's the story then, it's the story now. This Christmas, I'd love to remind you that Jesus came that you might have life and have it to the fullest. Whether you find yourself in a season of simplicity, everything is good. Of complexity, everything is not good. Of perplexity, what is God up to in the world? Or harmony. Remind yourself this year that you are invited into relationship. I'm gonna invite the team to come up on stage. Ha! There we are. It's like maybe they'll just appear from under the stage now. It's just Michael Jackson style. Just land with a bang. We're gonna move to this moment in our service where we get to to culminate in that moment that, that perhaps is simplicity, but perhaps now to you gets to speak of harmony. It's this moment where you may get to reflect back on the many times you've lit in the candle and sung Silent Night on Christmas Eve. The invitation is to do that knowing that you're in relationship with the God of the universe and that you're part of his story. So having walked through a journey where we've remembered hope, comfort, joy, love, we now conclude by recognizing that that season of waiting is ended. Christ has come. We celebrate in the simplicity of lighting a candle, knowing that this story is more than simple. God is bringing harmony to this world, one person at a time. I'm gonna find my candle without ruining the moment. Thank you. And as we start to sing, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna light my candle from the Christ candle. And I'm gonna bring it down to the front and those of you on the front row, I'm gonna invite you to come and light your candle from my candle. And what we'll see is the light spread across this room. As Aaron beautifully shared, the celebration is that the light is coming and we sang, let your light shine. But perhaps I would tweak that and say that our prayer might be, let your light shine through me. That you are part of this story that you matter, that you are needed. Jesus, this Christmas season, we remember you, born in a manger, lodged in a stable, when you once carried the world in which that stable sat. We remember those moments where life seems so simple. We recognize the moments where we have seen the lens start to crack. Suddenly a complexity strikes us. We've seen you at work, those moments of perplexity. But really what we need and we're invited to is harmony, to relationship with you. And so as we sing and we watch the light spread, would you speak to us? Remind us that we're loved and we're going to be okay. Amen. If God is working in your life through this ministry, 
Join us by partnering with us. You can give online at southfellowship.org give. And thanks for listening. We hope you have a great rest of your day.